Good morning from the famous Mount Curry Coffee Company in Whistler, BC. It's Monday, August the 21st, 2017. This is Kathy White and Anissa Carruthers. Welcome to our podcast number eight. Oh my goodness, we are so excited today to introduce Jill Kintner from Crankworks 2017. She is the queen of Crankworks and has been a participant over the last 15 years of this exciting community event. Awesome. Well, it's exciting that we've got this far with our podcast. Epic Lifestyles now has got, uh, like you said, number eight. And I originally volunteered for Crankworks. I don't even know how many years ago. I didn't realize it had been that long. I think you could fit the volunteers for Crankworks in, in the palm of your hand in a quarter the size of this coffee shop. There were not all the big sponsors. There were not so many women involved. And, but it was still so exciting uh, just to be in here. And the, the resort has changed so much since then. I used to bring my kids up. And there wasn't an opportunity for the kids to, to be involved. It was, you know, very... Uh, not so many events. Now you can have kids, like you said, on Strider bikes from any, any age to come and get involved. They've, they've opened up the events to all ages. And we really want to thank Tourism Whistler, the Chamber of Commerce, and all the businesses in Whistler for supporting, and the hotels, of course, for supporting this event. It is over two weeks, and overall we found that the economic benefit to mountain biking in Whistler has brought over $59 million and it's great to see and we'd like to expand that connection between the visitors and residents of Whistlers to go out and explore other mountain bike communities around the world and invite people to come back here and especially we can start maybe creating an epic mountain bike pass between Whistler and Vail. <laughs> that would be awesome especially with Vail's new commitment to the uh Zero, zero waste, zero emissions, and because I mean, one of the biggest uh, things I see at, at, at mountain biking is the rubber tires that come off the mountain, and I see that they get recycled, and it really makes a difference to set the standard for mountain biking around the world. Welcome to Epic Lifestyles, and we are here with Jill Kintner. <laughs> Welcome and congratulations on on Crankworks. We're sitting out at the. Uh, wonderful tables at Hunter Gatherer, one of the newest restaurants in Whistler, and they have herbs on the table, which was kind of cool. So um, every every couple weeks, Kathy and I interview local people living an epic mountain lifestyle all over the world, and Jill was nice enough to uh, join us this morning out of... From Seattle. Seattle. We made the move. We bought a house... Um we bought a house uh, in Bellingham like two years ago, just because it's like such a good mountain bike town, and like there's just a crazy network of people that are into the same thing we are and it's just you have Mount Baker and then you have like Galbraith Mountain and Chuck and Nuts and it's just a really outdoor lifestyle that's tied into biking which is what we both professionally do so do you ever get up to Abbotsford um I've been to Abbotsford there's like an indoor BMX track or something I've been there um, or Supercross didn't know that yet I haven't that's lived there for a couple of years so it wouldn't surprise me though that's all I really know about Abbotsford and I went to like a camp there when I was a kid <laughs> so is there a mountain bike group in Bellingham that you belong to like a mountain bike association or is there a mountain bike a place where people can come and join you for riding um kind of in a way but like as most of you guys when you go out for a ride you kind of just go out with like a couple people not like a huge group ride kind of thing I'm not like as a professional like I have sort of regiment and like things I have to focus on and you know I do a bit of community like charity things or like coaching um activities but um I'm really out there kind of doing my work like oops, hold on one sec yeah like when I ride I, I'm like working so I kind of like stick to what I need to do like physically or mentally to 
you know, be the best. Yeah. There is a project that um, I just was part of. Um, We got a pump track across the street from my house at um, Whatcom Falls Park. And that was like my project to get kickstarted. And so if people don't know what a pump track is. Oh, okay. Pump track is just like a little track that's like a circular track with tons of just little rollers. Like anybody can ride through it. There's no gaps. There's nothing crazy. It's flat. And just start there. It loops around. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's like from going um, just straight out to trails, there's a lot of fundamental skills that, you know, you'd like to work on and develop. And that's like the perfect place. And kids can be there and adults, like everybody can have fun there. And then the more advanced you get, the more technical it gets. And you can start jumping things or tripling things or, you know, manually things or transferring across. So, I mean, I love pump tracks. Like I try and do like little skills things like every day. So, I mean, that was like a big push that I wanted to have in our town that was lacking like it's just a skills like we have a jump park but pump track is like kind of a special thing that is more fun for like all levels when i see even here in whistler we see the littlest children just on the little push push bikes getting over onto the the little uh into the skateboard parks and like they're starting and we have a little track over there as well i haven't seen it since they've rebuilt it but um they've rerouted the river yeah it's pretty <laughs> like it's in the pretty river amazing bed. yeah it's crazy it's great. last year that was like a river and now it's like a full skills park <laughs> So um, when we meet with our guests, we like to ask you, what are the, what are the three most important things that we should know about you and your background? Um, I mean, that's kind of like hard to say what's important. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I grew up in Seattle and I played a lot of sports as a kid. I did soccer really like at a high level and I biked professionally. And I was like, by the time I was 14, I turned pro. So I've done a lot of sports of all variety, like a lot of tennis, golf, rack, like racket sports. Like I've done every sport. And through high school, I was like, I don't know, I was on like soccer, tennis, golf, and pro biking. <laughs> do you, and think, then, do uh, you think that a lot of that? I know that I've been at a junior chamber of commerce um, conference once, and I turned, I finally turned around and I said, "How many people here were in soccer?" And the because these are all junior leaders in business, basically, and pretty much 80, 80 to ninety percent of the room put their hand up and so do you feel that the soccer and and all those team sports helped you kind of work with the people and your sponsors and give you some of those skills um yeah it's definitely good for kids that are maybe like I was pretty shy and I don't know like I had an older brother so I was really like quite tough (laughs) and just being around all those girls like I didn't really have a lot of girls in my neighborhood and stuff and then you just kind of like it kind of gives you more confidence being on a team and you like have your friends and like you work together and I think in general like having like three sports that you're good at makes you a really well-rounded like athlete in general so I mean you talk to like Seahawks coaches or you like I watch a lot of other professional sports to learn from it and like Pete Carroll's like yeah he likes all his football players to be like basketball baseball football because you bring skills and different like ways of thinking into your sport so I mean, it's really important to be well-rounded in life, just with everything, though, yeah, right, I, you know? I think just, in, I have a daughter who's 23 now, and I know that part of her success, she, she had a lot of success in business, and it's because she had such good friends, but not, she didn't just have friends at high school. She had friends at Sea Cadets and Girl Guides and rugby, things like that. So she had this breadth of people that when girls were getting along in one place, she always had people to bounce to, and I think that made a huge difference. One of the things I'd like to share is from my background of mountain biking, uh, we first started mountain biking in Whistler in the early 80s, riding up the mountain with our cross-country bikes (laughs) and going down the ski runs 
and trying to find ways of riding without even having any lessons. And my first bike was a Rocky Mountain Kuahara. Oh, Rocky Mountain. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, there's it's a sort of no one inch of suspension at the front. <laughs> so, one of the wonderful things about sport is the groups that organize trail riding throughout British Columbia and around the world. And we encourage you, as part of your life, to get out there and meet with those groups because they typically train beginner to expert riders in technique and they coach you and take lessons absolutely I didn't take a lesson for 10 years and it's amazing how many bad habits you can pick up so we encourage you all to get out there and meet with your local bike group and training session and just spend time outdoors in the fresh air in our wonderful mountain resorts so uh, Jill we just wanted to ask you what is your work and what is your playtime for you maybe give us an example of a day in your life yeah, I guess when you find something that you really love to do, and I love mountain biking and I love being outside, I mean, it's like the line between work and play is pretty um, much non-existent. Like, every day I try and ride my bike or I'm thinking about bikes, and, you know, there's a lot of other things I like to do, but that's, like, what I'm obsessed with. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I, like, think every day I get to, like, play and, like, have fun, but then I'm still like getting paid to do that and it like keeps me in a lifestyle that I quite enjoy and so you know like I've always believed that if you work hard and like really pursue what you want like I mean anything's possible and there's not a lot of us out there that can say that you know we're professional athletes and it's like a hard thing to do and I don't know I just keep every day as like enjoying it and trying to be like there's like I do my work but it's like at the end of the day like when you win like something like this at Crankworks it's it's all worth it and you just like paid off you know so awesome. definitely have have if, structure but. if there was something that you wanted others to help you achieve what would it be like if we could send people your way what would you want them to help you with um <laughs> would you like to get into designing bike clothing i already do that you do that i went to school for graphic design for a few years mm -hmm. so um all my kits this weekend I got to work with Sombrio like I went in for a day and like nerded out big time with the designers and we we designed them like did fittings like I love doing that I like it out all day just so I got to design the kits I and I got to wear them and then you get to see that they made all these cool signs and posters and what company was that Sombrio they're like a clothing brand out of Vancouver yeah, I mean, super special stuff like that. And then Smith, my goggle brand, like the goggle strap. I have these custom goggles that are like my helmet graphics, which I got to draw and design with Red Bull. Well, are they the, I think they're <laughs> so, the company that actually manufactures in North America? Smith? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so there's all these like little projects, like if you want to do them. They, what like, about bike design? Yeah, I mean, we are part of feedback. I, nobody really understands there's so much to it like mm -hmm. like even from ordering your parts to like you know getting the pressures or testing things or like you know there's so much that goes into it or like the special like jerseys how it looks there's there's just like endless skills that you kind of need to have to be the successes in the details yeah like i don't just ride bikes every day i don't just do one thing like it's, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> you manage your time but there's like a lot of things on the go <laughs> so if you could pick one book for everyone to read what would it be Ooh. I mean, the one that stands out that is like 
kind of recent. It's kind of silly, but it's the art of racing in the rain. It's like the perspective from this uh, golden retriever. <laughs> it's like a. I love it. It's, it's awesome. awesome though. It's like a a race car driver's story told through the through the dog's voice. Like it's just, it's just like so like actually kind of teared up in one part. It's embarrassing. How did but. you find it? <laughs> Sounds a lot of people unusual. recommend this. Like a lot of people recommend it. It's a really good book. I think maybe I've read it twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a high recommendation. <laughs> and that's amazing. We've got some really good books given to us during our podcast. We're really excited about that. So one of the other things is your favorite thing to do while you come to Whistler is to do what? What is your favorite thing? I mean, it seems like kind of obvious, but ride the bike park. <laughs> that's kind of why I come here. And that's like what I do every time I'm here. And I definitely visit Mount Curry about a hundred times a week. <laughs> I love the coffee there. I think it's my standard staple breakfast, like a, a latte, a green machine smoothie, and then one of their veggie breakfast burritos. Well, it's really funny. I was talking to an Aussie who said that they make the best coffee. Not not Mount Curry in particular, but Australians. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I would have thought that Italians made the best coffee. He's like, no. And he, I said, well name it like what's the difference he says name me your top three coffee places and mine were mount curry um uh piccolo and the bread place pure bread and he's like yep they all do it the aussie way and i was like oh because it is it's really standout coffee yeah flat whites or something um so is there a product when you're out doing where like when you leave home what's like you make sure you always have with you that's a hard question I guess it depends what time of year it is. <laughs> like, I always have my silly little Garmin, but that's just for training. So, like, right now, I don't... I guess your phone. I mean, that's obvious, right? I think that that's our top... It's our top thing. It's always... An, it's an iPhone or a... What do, you, what do you use? Yeah, I have an iPhone. Yeah. I'd like to. I like it to be something cooler. <laughs> <laughs> well, one day we had five iPhones sitting on the table. We're asking the question. It was like, wow, there we go. they're all iPhones as well, which I is keep really it, interesting. I keep it pretty minimal. I don't even carry like a bag. Like I just have a case with my credit cards and my phone. And then... okay, I think we have to actually get more specific. <laughs> What's your favorite app on your iPhone? How about that? I don't know. Do you use um, Trail Forks? Um, I don't. You use Garmin. I used Strava. Strava, yeah. I went to Hawaii one time and had no idea where to go. I didn't know anybody who we were yeah. on vacation. Yeah. And I just found trails based on Strava. Like, okay. found a route, like somebody's loop. Mm-hmm. But Trail Sweet. Force seems to work better, I think. <laughs> Is that the one you guys use, Strava? That's the one we use, yeah. I've heard people mention it, when, especially around Ironman and stuff. I quite, I quite like TripAdvisor and Yelp. Oh, okay. Yeah, I use that a lot. <laughs> well, that's great, too. And so as we get close to wrapping this up for Jill, because she's getting on her way back to Bellingham, beautiful Bellingham. Yes, and the eclipse is coming soon. We won't see the next one until 2045. So why don't you, Jill, let us know, if you, what you do now, what do you hope to be doing in about 10 to 20 years from now? I mean, I hope I'm still physically able to ride bikes because you can do that for any age, but I definitely am not going to race for <laughs> 10 more years. Forget it. <laughs> I don't know how many more I have left, but um, I'm still enjoying it. It's still at the top, so I don't want to quit yet. But um, yeah, I don't know. I have a background. And, you know, when you put your whole life into one thing, it's like, and you get to a certain point, it's like, well, I want to learn some, something new. And like, I've ha- got to do all these little skills and do design and like kind of collaborate with my sponsors on projects and the marketing side and the social media side is pretty fun like we have so many little jobs I just I, you, you got to figure out how you can make money with your skills <laughs> or like just know the right people and 
I hope something will open up for me that's like creative and not just in one place because I'm not very good when I have to go to the same place every day. I like traveled the world my whole life and so, you know, I need to be on the move. That's just who I am. I don't want to be inside too much and stand still. I don't like I went to school for design. I couldn't stand sitting at a computer that long just doing graphics, you know, like I just need variety in my life. So I don't know what that is, but but it seems like you guys have it all right. We're on the move here just doing some meeting cool like interesting yeah, people like talking <laughs> so like I'm gonna it. switch it up and I'm gonna ask you guys a life hack because one of the biggest things that's happened in Whistler other than crank works in the last couple of weeks has been bike theft oh. um, we have professionals that come to town because they know the quality of bikes that are hanging out around crank works um, I've been storing bikes that are worth over seven grand I know they've been doing um, uh, seven to eleven grand. We had a guy in Victoria have his bike stolen right off the back of his car. So, what would you guys' life hack be to save your bike so it doesn't get stolen? Because there has been so many bikes stolen this week, and they end up. From what I understand, these are professionals that come into town, and your bike is gone by the end of the day over to Montreal to be to be re, repurposed. Well, well, I've got a real easy one for you. <laughs> Never leave it like out of your sight. Like take it in your room at night. Like. Yeah don't leave your bike anywhere well that's a challenge because the hotels want, and some of the hotels won't let you take the bike to your room too bad <laughs> just do bike it just bikes. do it bike for your bike one of the wonderful things in Whistler that's coming about is they have bike valet services in many of the hotels and around the community, which during Crankworks is everybody's really doing their part to stem the theft of bikes. One of the things that we did back in May when the Whistler Off-Road Association of Biking had their May sale of bikes was the RCMP were here in town with a website called 5to9.com and we'll load it up onto our podcast. And what you do is you take a photo of your bike, several of them, load it up on this website, and then that way the police have something to go to when they find your bike parts, when they find your bike. So I'll put that website up. Awesome. I guess a lot of people don't really do this, but you can also write down the serial number. Like every bike has a stamped serial number in the carbon or the metal or whatever, so you can when they're like, oh, this is your bike, or like even for insurance purposes, you want to have that number so you have proof and you want to take a picture, like you said, of your bike before you're in a vacation area like this. Like we've been to a lot of World Cups where people have their bikes stolen at World Cup and they're like, they're race bikes, you know? It's like, that's a disaster, you know? Like, I remember someone stole this prototype Honda bike from Greg Menard, who's like the best guy in the world. And, you know, you can't replace those. <laughs> so you need to like be more careful and like, always have it in sight or stay at a place like the Ava that will check your bike and you know or take it in your room or never leave it alone so that's our tips <laughs> I know it sounds really old school my dad actually used to etch our bikes for us he'd have a little metal etcher and he can you know he would put our name and our phone number on it that's old school like that's really really, really basic but I mean it, if someone's sometimes you know just if something's been marked up people are going to maybe go to the next bike who knows but so Last question for you from my part. Where are you off to next on your race circuit? Um, well, Crankworx is my main goal for the year, so I'm kind of like officially, unofficially done for the year. <laughs> I kind of like to go out like on top, and there's world champs next week, or in like four weeks in Australia, and I'm on the team, but I haven't decided if I want to go yet. It's like quite a big effort to go there, and um, I don't know. I guess that's kind of a lame answer, but... I'm going here. Start over. My next spot is uh, I'm just going home. I'm <laughs> just going home, and then we have a product launch in Vancouver with Narco. So, my bike sponsor. They bring all their dealers, like all the bike shop owners, 
into town and sort of like so are they give your them major a, sponsor yeah they're my bike brand and yeah. red bull and i just bought a norco orum oh you did you bought an orum yeah awesome that's I the bike i ride. love it Thank wow you. that's yeah. That's I, awesome, I Kathy. <laughs> what a she, champ. She's much more serious than she looks. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, <laughs> if you saw my bruises, you would know. It sounds like you've had a lot of um, different bikes over the years to test out. <laughs> her, her and her husband are the probably, other than Kelly and Bob Jones, they are the most serious mountain biking couple I have ever met. So. Oh, cool. Well, you'll yeah. have to come to Bellingham. Absolutely. And Stevens Pass. I'll show you if you're, I'll show you around. <laughs> oh, thanks so much. Well, thank you very much for coming out to our podcast today here in Whistler. And we look forward to watching you and your successes and back next year for Quankworks. Have a great day.